ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 332nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Which comes to me through my website at iirsports one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we, of course, will get into the epic Alabama-LSU game on Saturday night, which basically turned into total Bama domination. Well, my highlight of the week is the New Orleans Saints holding on to beat the Los Angeles Rams 45-35 to 35 late yesterday afternoon in an instant classic. Uh, the Saints were up big at the half. The Rams came storming back, and then the Saints put it away on a long touchdown pass from Drew Brees to Michael Thomas, which of course leads right into my bizarre story of the week, which is after that catch when Thomas dug out a flip phone he had hidden in the goalpost as an homage to former Saints receiver Joe Horn, who did the same thing back in the day. That was just the culmination of a wild, wild game, and uh, the Saints are back. Uh, you now could potentially put them uh, right there with the Rams as Super Bowl contenders. I could see the Rams and the uh, Saints playing in the NFC Championship game. Uh, the big question, of course, is where would it be? And if it's in New Orleans, it uh, looks like the Saints have gotten their mojo back in the Superdome the way it used to be. For a number of years there, they uh, they simply couldn't be beaten by anybody. And then for the last few years, not so much. But now suddenly uh, they seem right back on top of uh, things when they're playing in the Dome. Alvin Kamara is simply a beast. Had a huge game yesterday. And what Drew Brees is doing is just uh, so impressive. Uh, being up here in New England, of course, there's a, always a top-of-mind topic of Tom Brady and how long can he keep playing at that MVP level. Uh, but you have to start now uh, putting Drew, Drew Brees in that class as well. He is just uh, performing. He even had some a nice run yesterday, a la Brady, <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago against Kansas City and uh, even Buffalo. So the old guys are uh, finding their legs, and again, it's just so impressive to watch what Drew Brees is doing uh, along with Tom Brady. Uh, nothing short of 
amazing. Uh, but just a great game. Again, the Rams, uh, it was startling to see them down so much at the half, but they showed what they're made of uh, when they came back so strong in the dome, held the Saints scoreless for the third and well into the fourth quarter, and uh, really made a game of it, uh, drew to a tie. And then uh, it all finished up with the, of course, Michael Thomas, now famous, cell phone. Uh, or should I say flip phone, touchdown. Well, my low light of the week is right up the road here when uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers uh, just simply not making a game of it in the fourth quarter last night in Foxborough as uh, the game entered the fourth quarter tied at 17. I, and I think everyone else, given the hype around this game and the two greatest quarterbacks of our generations uh, going at it for only the second time ever. Uh, I think what everybody wanted to see, what everybody thought we were going to see, was going to be these two all-timers going up and down in the fourth quarter. One of those, whoever has the ball last is going to win. And really, uh, again, just get into basically an entire fourth quarter of the two-minute drill where they both... Uh, together have set the new have set the standard of two minute drills, but was not to be. Patriots uh, basically dominated the fourth quarter and scored fourteen unanswered to win thirty one seventeen. There were no last minute drama or heroics needed, uh, and Aaron Rodgers really just seemed frustrated uh, after the game and to a certain degree throughout the game and certainly in the fourth quarter uh, Patriots defense to their credit stepped up and the other person who really stepped up was Josh Gordon it felt to me like uh, a breakthrough game for him Um, there was no Gronkowski of course and no Sony Michels they needed all the weapons they could get last night the Patriots did and Josh Gordon made the great catch along the sidelines, but more importantly, he uh, he caught the dagger on a fascinating play where it looked like uh, Edelman was underneath, Gordon was behind him. It almost looked like Brady was throwing to Edelman, but yet it went over his head, and right there was Gordon to catch it and score uh, the dagger to put the Patriots up two scores, and that was that. So, again, Josh Gordon... Uh, it looks like he finally may have broken through last night and could indeed, uh, could indeed be a factor, uh, a real factor. The Josh Gordon of old, who's a hundred yard receiving game. And if he's that guy from 2013, I think he led the league in receiving with like 1200 yards and not even, not even the full 16 games, uh, watch out. So there were other great games, of course, yesterday. Uh, the Steelers went down to Baltimore and beat the Ravens, paying back the Ravens' victory up here, up in Pittsburgh a few weeks back. And uh, Antonio Brown is back. Uh, and James Conner is just awesome. And uh, perfect timing, given all the uncertainty, to use a kind word, 
surrounding the Le'Veon Bell situation. I can't imagine uh, the Steelers are too worried about it. James Conner is just performing at the highest level uh, with the exact same game that Le'Veon Bell brought to the table, which is simply running and receiving. He's good at both, and you now have to ask yourself the question if Le'Veon Bell comes back, uh, given that the Steelers are on a winning streak, four or five in a row now, uh, do they even want to risk having him come into that locker room and potentially upset the chemistry that they finally established after a slow start? So, should be interesting. And then yesterday, there was really uh, the one o'clock games uh, for the red zone did not have much in the way of fantastic finishes, but uh, kind of unusual, but they were all saving them for the four o'clock starts. And there were fantastic finishes in the second window with the Chargers, uh, with a great goal line stand to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Great game to watch. Um, the Seahawks were right there, but they simply could not punch it in. And watch out for those Chargers. Uh, they're, they're more than relevant. Uh, Philip Rivers is having a great year. Great defense. Just a lot to like on the Chargers front. So uh, I think we're going to be seeing them in January. That's for sure. And, of course, the Broncos. uh Brandon McManus missed the game-winning field goal, uh, handing the Texans their sixth win in a row. Of course, that went down to the last play, and you just had to assume that he was going to make that kick, given uh, you know, given that it's home field in Denver, in the mountain air. Uh, I think it was about 52 yards or so, which is long, but in Denver, it's not that long. Very, very makeable. I'm sure he's made a ton of them. So that was uh, a little surprising. I totally expected to do it for him to make it and the Broncos to uh, end up winning that game. But it uh, didn't turn out that way. And another games of note, uh, the Chicago Bears defense just dominated without Khalil Mack as they routed uh, the Buffalo Bills. Carolina Panthers are back and looking good, uh, looking like that Super Bowl team of a couple years ago. Uh, Ryan Fitzmagic worked a little of that magic. They were down like 35-7, to drew it to within 35-28, but then the Panthers got a late score and won 42-28. But nonetheless, Fitzmagic was back. And uh, Falcons also are coming around. Um, went into Washington, who's leading the NFC East, still leading the NFC East. But Falcons hung 38 on the Redskins down in, uh, down in D.C. And uh, so they, again, are looking good. And the Browns, given the upheaval there, uh, look pretty good. You know, and losing to the Chiefs, 37-21. But they kind of held their own. It was uh, generally competitive. And uh, so, all in all, another great NFL Sunday. It was certainly an interesting college football Saturday. And we're going to get to that after our break. So let's take that break now. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham. 
veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And we had the game of the year in college football on Saturday night down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Death Valley, and the number one Alabama Crimson Tide uh, just put on a clinic in total domination uh, in taking care of the number three team in the country and the host, LSU. Uh, huge rivalry. And what Alabama did was just so, so impressive. And to, uh, as luck would have it, Joining us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P. was in the house on Saturday night to witness Alabama's beatdown of LSU. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good afternoon, John. So glad to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Good afternoon to you as well. Thanks for joining us. And... AP, I've got to tell you, 
Alabama was just unbelievable on Saturday night. That was just, they simply look unbeatable. That was one of the most impressive performances I've seen by any team in a long time. It was a masterpiece on defense, John, a real Picasso. I mean, they just shut down the number three team in their backyard, Death Valley, and um, one team dies on Saturday night, but it wasn't uh, Alabama. It was LSU, and they just could not get anything going. The LSU ended up with 12 yards rushing. Let's remember now that they had 275 wow. against a good Georgia team, so... That is pretty impressive. Uh, most of the yardage was near the end, and I think it was 190 or um, yeah, 196 total for LSU. Alabama had 576 yards. Oh my gosh, 12 yards rushing for LSU. That's just mind-boggling. And yeah, just uh, you're right. It really was all about the defense, just completely smothering them. Um, LSU, to their credit, kind of hung in there uh, until late in the first half when, you know, when they were down, I guess it was not, excuse me, 9 nothing. but then when Alabama got that late score to make it 16 nothing, it pretty much felt like it was over, and indeed it was. Um, 9 nothing. they're kind of still hanging around, but, uh, and it was a great opportunity to watch Tua as well, I mean... I watched every single play of the game, and boy, he really is special, uh, you know, as we've seen and heard since the game through his first ever pick as, an, as the Alabama quarterback, but it was completely unfazed. So now you can add that to another in his long list of assets as, uh, you know, he has no memory. And he's just amazing. He, of course, had the long run concerned that he had hurt his knee after that but not to worry he was right back out there and uh boy he he is just he's special if i had any doubts not that i did uh there it was on display on saturday night yeah it sure was johnny yes that was his first interception this season it was 25 and 0 at one time with 25 touchdowns zero interceptions so he threw uh, uh, a touchdown a couple of touchdown passes now it's 27 i guess and one that's not too bad for a passer, and uh, he has that running ability. You saw him just take off up the middle, and he scampered 44 yards, and he's a dual. I mean, if you wanted to run him quite a bit, you could, but I wouldn't advise it because he's so talented. You don't want to get him hurt. But Alabama's offense with him is always A+, and it's directly because of his ability to spread the ball around. You know, I've said many times I call him the professor of chemistry <laughs> he makes everyone happy and he did that on on Saturday I thought for sure John during that game that they would probably shut down Jerry Judy maybe really concentrate on him but he ended up with I think eight catches for over 100 yards himself and then you know once he's available I mean they're not guarding him then they're certainly not going to be able to guard anyone else and Irv Smith, the tight end, continued his excellent season with four catches and a touchdown. Beautiful touchdown. Yes. And then Henry Ruggs, Henry, Henry Ruggs III had the first touchdown catch. He got injured, didn't return. But, uh, and then the freshman, Jalen Waddell, I mean, every game he's making spectacular plays. He had that sideline catch with the two feet, ballerina style, and falling out of bounds. I mean, they're just exceptional with all the ability and the talents and 
with Tua, you get to see it every week. It, there's no skipping uh, any any game. They're, right. they're always uh, getting the football. And I had heard somebody mention that they mentioned he was overrated, and I'm thinking they have not watched Alabama football long enough because with him at quarterback, he makes this whole thing a Rolls Royce instead of a you know. Uh, another American-made car, let's say. This is a Rolls-Royce uh, Lamborghini, whatever you want to call it. It's super performance. Oh, it is. High performance, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and among everything else, you know, he just appears likable. I really felt like Saturday night, certainly for me and I think really much of the nation, this was a get-to-know-to-a night. I really believe that. And, uh you know, he, again, he just seems so likable. He's clearly beloved by his teammates, as you could see after his touchdown run and when it looked like he might have a little gimp there, but yet they were, I guess they are giving him a hard time about how long it took him to get to the end zone, things like that. He's thicker than I realized, and I didn't really pick up on that to, until that run. You know, he, I wouldn't say he was plodding along. He's plenty fast, but, you know. When you stack him up beside the other, the Alabama skill players, he he looks like a plotter versus, uh, you know, <laughs> his teammates, which are just like thoroughbreds. Um, yes. But yeah, again, it's clear his teammates love the guy and just everything about him, his backstory, where he's from. He says all the right things, just really the total package. And I just could not have been more impressed with him or the team overall. I don't know if Saban has ever had a team more ready to play than that night. No, he made that comment leading up to the game about electing to, uh, let's say, kick butt. You know, they asked him, we elect to receive or uh, defend the goal. And he says, well, I hope we elect to kick butt. I'm just paraphrasing, paraphrasing using some other words. Exactly, exactly. So now <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Um no, he was just uh, really special. And, you know, I, I guess like the secondary who performed really so impressively, they're basically, uh, they're all brand new. That generally correct? And like they, they were like a big part of dominating that game, although number 92 was the dominant player in the entire game, I thought, as did the announcers. Yeah, Oh, yeah, Quinnen Williams, he was spectacular. John, he, he's 10 tackles leading the team from the middle. I mean, that's rare. And then not only is he tying up players, he, he had two and a half sacks and three and a half tackles for loss among those 10 tackles. So, he, I mean, and he, he replaced Deron Payne from last year, an All-American, uh, you know, drafted to play for Washington. So this is the replacement that Alabama brings along this season, and I, I believe he's going to make All-American. Oh, no doubt about it. I, I think after that performance on Saturday night, I, I don't know how you could leave the guy off. I mean, that was that dominant. And, uh, boy, again, it just feels like it's, you know, suddenly Alabama and the rest of the field. It really does. I mean, they, they I'll, I'll say what I said to start the segment. They look literally unbeatable. Uh, just talent at every position plus depth. Um, the skill players are ultra skilled and again, just really for them to go into death Valley and do what they did and given how 
number one, LSU's number three team in the country, and deservedly so. And to see them, you know, Alabama do that to them was really just something to behold. So onward and up here from here, AP, I, I think I'm guessing people are already making reservations for Levi Stadium and uh, Santa Clara out in California for the first Monday in January. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, John, just to backtrack on that secondary, the the safety, he had uh, some experience starting a game or two. Deontay Thompson, he's very good, number 14. But okay. those other players, as you mentioned, they're newcomers. And I think this was the, the narrative that was not written in stone, but the offense would be very, very good, and the defense would progress through the season, and that's been the case exactly. They took a lot of pride in going down to LSU and shutting them out. Mac Wilson, he capped the night with that interception with his hands outstretched and falling backwards in the end zone. That was, uh, that was a pretty play. So, but they took a lot of pride in shutting them out. But Alabama, the only thing I would not – I would ask people to turn away when the the kickers are on the field. That's yes. another story. <laughs> Boy, that's a good point, AP. I mean, you know, you called it. You mentioned that's their potential Achilles heel. It showed itself, but it didn't matter on Saturday night. And all you can do if you're an Alabama fan is hope that there's, it's never going to come down to a kick to decide the season, and based on what I saw on Saturday night, it doesn't look like it's going to. Um, you never can predict, especially, you know, the Final Four, college football playoff. But, you know, that 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 has been their Achilles heel for a while. It seems to still persist. Um, but, again, based on what I saw Saturday night, it's tough to imagine that it's going to matter. It really does. Yeah, John, they... I really don't know what are his options if he gets in a tight ball game. I I think he's going to have to go for it on fourth down, depending on the time. Uh, Correct. I don't think he can exercise the option to kick the football. Might have to go for it on fourth down, and uh, he can be in quite a predicament this season. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. I did ask him a question on Wednesday, the teleconference, about the kicking game particularly and he said he brought in Scotty O'Brien uh, probably in the off season. he's with the New England Patriots now the scout I believe but he was there in Cleveland when uh, Nick Saban was defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick and then he had him down there in Miami in, in some capacity so he does bring in people when he has issues with his team and he mentioned Scotty O'Brien's name okay that's interesting uh, well we'll just have to wait and see um you know, there's not much they can do now, but, you know, it's going to be uh, fascinating to watch. I guess next up will be, you know, the Iron Bowl and against Auburn. It's such a rivalry that it is a classic, you know, anything can happen game. But I is the game this year in Tuscaloosa, right? Yes, yes. And then, John, this upcoming weekend, matter of fact, it's a top 25 team, Mississippi State. They're one-dimensional, and uh, but Joe Moorhead's the offensive coordinator. They've struggled in that area, surprisingly, but they're a good defensive team. So they'll, they'll come to town ready to play because a lot of times they're players that may be uh, not recruited by Alabama. They have a little chip on their shoulder. And, of course, Nick Fitzgerald, he 
think he's the all, he's the all-time leading rushing quarterback in the SEC. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they could. Uh, who knows? Maybe that'll turn out to be the game that we thought we were going to see on Saturday night and a little more competitive. But AP uh, once again. Uh, and what was the atmosphere like? Let's close on that before we end the segment. How, was it as great as anticipated? I'm sure it was, especially pregame. Oh, yeah, John. It was very loud. It was fun. It was a beautiful night in uh, Death Valley. And actually got a chance to meet the gentleman who makes that announcement, uh, Dan Bourne. He, he says it's Saturday night in Death Valley, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, something of that nature. But, yeah, it was fantastic. I love it. All right. Well, I'm glad we had a good chance. It certainly deserved the entire segment. Uh, Alabama football, uh, back like they've never been back before, not that they ever went anywhere, but looking as strong as I've ever seen them. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch them the rest of the way. So right now it's time for our break, and sticking around will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we still have... uh, Some more college football to get to after the break. School to the pros, we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we discussed the LSU-Alabama game that you attended on Saturday night and covered, obviously, as well, and... There were some other interesting games as well. Uh, not only was the SEC West decided, but the SEC East was decided uh, in the hours leading up to the LSU-Bama game. That, of course, was Georgia uh, showing its medal and taking care of Kentucky in Kentucky. And Georgia became the team we thought they were on Saturday up in Lexington. Yeah, John, we thought that if Kentucky could keep the score maybe around 21 points, they would have a chance at home. But George was too powerful on offense and other areas, and they just uh, over, you know, overcame any hostile crowd that was in Lexington and went on to win, doubled the score 34-17. So it's setting up the Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game in Atlanta on uh, December 1st. So... Yeah, Georgia, they're still coming along defensively, but they have a good offensive team, and it should be, uh, you know, quite a game in Atlanta. But Kentucky, they still are in a good position, John, John, to have an excellent season. They can go to a big bowl, actually. They probably go to a New Year's Day bowl if they keep winning out. Kentucky. Kentucky, I mean, yeah. Kentucky. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I mean, all credit to Kentucky. You know, they, they they put football on the map. And uh, so, you know, all credit to them. And I think it's great. So it's going to be fun to watch. Now, AP, is it absolutely official in both the SEC East and the SEC West that it's Alabama, uh, Georgia, and the SEC championship game? It feels a little early, but are these races officially over now? Yes, because, um, you know, Kentucky has the two losses. Um, Georgia beat Kentucky head-to-head. Florida got upset by Missouri. Uh, there's really nobody else hanging around in the, on that side. And then Alabama, of course, is undefeated, and LSU now has the two losses, and everybody else has a number of losses. So it's already set, believe it or not. Wow. 
Does it seem early to you too, right? Oh, very early. Very early. Okay. Okay. I kept hearing it and hearing it really over the last week or more. And I just kept thinking, it sounded so definitive, but I kept thinking like, wow, can they already be decided in the literally the, the first weekend of November? But yeah, you explained it. They are. Well, AP, you know, aside from the LSU-Bama game, I mean, for a fantastic finish, it doesn't get any better than the West Virginia-Texas uh, game where, to his credit, West Virginia coach Dana Hogerson that was back and forth, and I think it was 42-41 when WVU scored quickly and late, uh, and he decides to go for two in the win down in Austin. And wow, what a call. And, you know, this was Will Greer's signature moment, uh, to say the least. They had to do a redo on the two-point conversion, which was a timeout right before the one, the first one, which was successful. Uh, but, yeah, Will Greer, I mean, basically down seven. He, he, you know, on the second or third play, hits a long throw for a touchdown, then uh, runs it in for the winning two-point conversion. So, again, that's a Heisman moment right there, boy, for Will Greer. And the Mountaineers are suddenly uh, in the picture. So all credit to them, but you you have to love the head coach's call. Yeah, absolutely. That was a courageous move, and and he wants to put his team on the map. What better than than to beat the flagship school of that of that conference, really, Texas, you know, one of them anyway, Texas and Oklahoma. So, Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that West Virginia, uh, I can't remember their loss exactly. I can't remember when they lost to. Iowa State. Iowa, Iowa State upset them. That's right. So they still have to And they took Oklahoma. care of them pretty handily, uh, actually, right. Iowa State did. Right. And Iowa State's having a good season, pretty good season, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. That's, uh, you know, as losses go, that's not a horrible loss. No, um, no, you have to keep that in mind, right? And uh, so they still have to play Oklahoma. I don't know where that game's being uh, set right now. Yes, well, I, uh, you know, in another big game, Michigan just <laughs> laid the wood on Penn State, and it's interesting because I've often mentioned that there's a Penn State viewing party that I go to. Well, in the same establishment, which is a multi-floor establishment, it's basically a Penn State crowd except for one floor which is a west virginia crowd so i found myself on saturday as uh the penn state game got away from penn state um, in a big way uh spending more time you know watching the west virginia texas game which had a huge west virginia contingent and we're talking right here in downtown boston in the shadow of the boston garden uh so it's pretty cool number one to see uh, this happening in downtown Boston, this college football love. And, uh, and yeah, uh, WVU. So, again, it was just a great game to watch. And, uh, and you know, the Mountaineers, a team I used to cover back in the day, uh, nice to see them on the map and in the solidly in the top ten, I think. What are they rated? They're up They're flirting with uh where are we at west virginia and the in the poll the in, football writers national football foundation they're number seven number seven okay i knew they were not in the top five but close 
So, yeah, they're yeah. in the picture. Um, yeah, they definitely are. Things could happen because Oklahoma's ahead of them, Georgia's ahead of them, and, you know, Alabama and Georgia meet. Michigan right. is ahead of them. Michigan has to play Ohio State. I mean, this is not the uh, college football playoff poll, but uh, West Virginia could could uh, step in there. No question. No question. They're, they're in position, as we like to say. And uh, so, yeah, Michigan um, – Really did a number and uh, chalked another one up on the revenge tour by just uh, beating down Penn State in Ann Arbor. And really the first team I've seen ever to truly shut down Trace McSorley. So all credit to them and that great defense of theirs. And then Notre Dame, to their credit, you know, they, they took care of business too. So they're, they're, they're looking strong right now. It ha- you'd have to say, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan looks like the potential Final Four. If they all keep winning. They really, they really do, and Michigan has the defense on. That's what I'm looking for from one of these teams, to have some defense because you must go on the road. They have to go to Columbus, Ohio, and finish out the season. If they could defend that quarterback in Ohio State and Columbus, they have a chance to win and be in the college football playoffs and, and then go beyond because you better bring some type of defense if you're going to compete with the, the Clemson, if they're able to make it Alabama, if they're able to be in the – college football playoff, you have to have someone to slow down these quarterbacks. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, it should be interesting, uh, to say the least, to see how it all turns out. I mean, you got Georgia at number five, therefore, you know, on the assumption that Alabama beats Georgia, they're going to fade too. So, um, so, yeah, I think there's a real shot at that being the final four. And I specifically didn't get into Clemson, but now I will. They're coming to uh, to Boston <laughs> this Saturday night, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll get ahead of myself here, and that's going to be my uh, weekly appointment viewing event Saturday night, eight o'clock. Clemson at number sixteen, Boston College, sneaky good, and uh, and it's great AP up here in Boston to have uh for all of us new englanders to get our taste of big time college football in our backyard to get our football fix and uh yeah i've said for years on this show since day one that bc has a habit in both basketball and football of shocking the nation about once every three to five years and this game certainly lines up with that potential doesn't it yeah, it absolutely does. And Boston College are noted for their running game, I believe, and yep. sometimes uh, capable defense. And they're playing at home. They'll be charged up for sure. They, It's usually different from Boston College when they're playing these big teams. As you said, they come alive, and there's no doubt that, uh, that Clemson coming into town, having scored 77, uh, Boston College is going to be prepared, and Steve Adazio will have his team, you know, trying to slow that offense down at Clemson and run the football. It's It has the potential to be a really interesting game. It really does. I mean, Clemson looks awesome right now, but BC has a way, especially at home, of like, uh, you know, pulling off these upsets, for, you know, every once in a while. And it's all certainly lined up, so... Anyway, it's going to be, uh, again, it's going to be fun. Uh, there's going to be, as there were with Packer fans, 
roaming the streets of Boston, as I saw on Saturday and certainly yesterday. Uh, I expect, and I've seen this every year. It's awesome. Where Clemson fans, every time they play BC in Boston, they just swarm into the city and their presence is uh, everywhere. And we're going to certainly see that on uh, this coming weekend. So Saturday night, 8 o'clock, Boston College hosting Clemson. It's going to be great. Well, AP, we're at the end of this segment. We do have one more segment to go. And not only were you at the Alabama-LSU game on Saturday night, you were also at uh, another marquee event over the weekend. And we're going to discuss that on the other side of this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution, we're on a big game conquest for moose, grizzlies, whitetails, and more. Tune in as Stan Potts of North American Whitetail and Tim Brent with Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventures talk big game hunting. Plus, Jake Edson of Bushnell and Steve Nessel from Yamaha will discuss optics and off-roading. Jim and Trav's Big Game Conquest is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, to reiterate, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is number 16, Boston College, hosting number two, Clemson, this Saturday night as we New Englanders get our big-time college football fix. Uh, Long awaited. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, maybe every couple of years, and this Saturday night's the night. So it's going to be fun. And uh, speaking of fun, AP, uh, we're going to get back to the topic 
that I started the show with, which is uh, what a weekend for you, LSU Bama on Saturday night. And uh, I'd imagine last night was every bit as good, right? Oh, it sure was. I mean, a lot of offense in that game, John. 900 and I guess it's 970 yards between the two teams, 487 483. So Drew Brees, he was fantastic. And uh, the younger quarterback, Jared Goff, he's got a quite a future. He's, he's playing excellent football himself. That's their first loss. And I guess Larry Zonk and Jim Kick had a, a cocktail to celebrate the Rams uh, having their first loss. So the ah. Miami Dolphins preserved that 1972 undefeated season. And I'm sure Mercury Morris is with them, too. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yes, we, of course, are referring to the awesome instant classic uh, New Orleans Saints beating the L.A. Rams yesterday, ending their undefeated bid. Now suddenly those two teams have the same record. And, yeah, AP, I can't think of a much better weekend than that. LSU Bama on Saturday night, and you know, 20 hours later, you're you're in the house in the Superdome for uh, really one of the games of the year, and it turned out to be one of the games of the year. It, it met and exceeded expectations, so uh, you, you just have to have been loving it, right? Oh yeah, it was fantastic. I think it was the two biggest games of the weekend, professionally and on the college level. So I was really fortunate they were. 80 miles apart, and uh, I, I was, you know, watching these quarterbacks is the most fun, John, throw the football, so I was glad to be there. But, you know, the Rams, they have a good team. They'll recover, and maybe down the road oh, yeah. those teams will meet again. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, the Rams are great, I, and I, it's funny you would say that because I opened the show talking about that game as my highlight of the week. And that's exactly what I said. We could be looking at the uh, the Rams in New Orleans in the NFC Championship game, and the big question there is simply where would it be played? If it's played in New Orleans, uh, we might be seeing them in the Super Bowl again. And uh, So it's going to be fun to watch. But AP, the New Orleans crowd, I mean, you know, as we both know, New Orleans for a while following, you know, their Super Bowl victory a few years back were simply unbeatable in the Superdome and then the last few years they were beatable Uh, not an overly impressive record especially compared with their earlier success but now they seem to be back to that uh, unbeatable in the dome thing Uh, directly in relation to the arrival of Alvin Kamara right (laughs) Uh, yeah he's, he's, he's something John he catches the football good runner quick feet he actually started his career at Alabama, then it transferred to a junior college, ended up at Tennessee. Um, great ball player. He's in the backfield there. Mark uh, Ingram of Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner, Alabama's first Heisman Trophy winner. But they're quite a pair. But on yesterday, one of the players that had a good game also was the receiver, Thomas. He set a uh, record 211 yards, 12 receptions, and that sur- surpassed uh, West Chandler for the uh, – uh, for the franchise record. Wow. That's amazing. And I saw the a fascinating statistic about him today uh, that I guess he's been targeted 79 times by Drew Brees this year, and he's caught 70 balls. That's like, uh, uh, that's an astounding percentage, obviously. 
Uh, and of course, he uh, he paid homage to Drew or Joe Horn yesterday by pulling a flip phone out. Did, were you watching that when it happened? I mean, I'm guessing. Yes, yes, yes. So they talked about it after the game. So yeah, he's. Coach told one of them to be a little bit smarter than, than that, but uh, everybody likes to have a good time, I guess, especially in New Orleans. Yes, uh, I, I, they had to love it. I mean, you, you know, uh, that it's like a New Orleans thing now. <laughs> um, you know, and of course, I remember very well when Joe Horn did it. So the the instant it occurred, I was thinking of Joe Horn, and of course, he topped it off by having it be a flip phone which was basically the only cell phones in existence back in those days, but not, not so much nowadays. But, uh, yeah, and he, he was on it for a while. I mean, he not only he walked off the field, I don't know if he was talking or fake talking, but uh, right. Right. And then he had it on the sidelines and stuff. So it was just uh, really fascinating to see, to say the least. Oh, yeah, John, he was targeted yesterday 15 times and caught those 12 passes. Yeah, it's just uh, that is just uh, a show-stopping statistic, period. There's no other way to look at it. Um, And, you know, AP, I was also saying in the opening of the show that, you know, Drew Brees and with what he's doing, given his age, uh, setting all-time NFL records just a couple weeks ago, um, you know, he has to be now talked about given his age in the same way we're talking about Tom Brady as an ageless wonder, you know, interestingly enough, the way Brady suddenly has had a couple of interesting runs in the past couple of weeks, drew Brees used his feet yesterday and, you know, but what he's doing is Brady, like put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yesterday was uh, 25 of 36, 346 yards four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Right, right. I mean, they just jumped out to that dominating lead in the first half. What was it, 35-10 at halftime, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it was. I think it was 35 with a 14, or was it... Uh, I think it was... What, it was 30, a big margin. Yeah, 30, uh, 31. 35. I think, yeah, 35-17. to uh, 35-17. Thirty-five, seventeen. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but you know the Rams, to their credit, shut them down the third quarter and really into the fourth, and stormed back to tie it. So I mean, it's just you know exactly the type of game we were all hoping for, and it was just terrific. So um, yeah, I mean, the Saints—they're fun. Who, who doesn't like the Saints? I don't know anybody who doesn't. <laughs> no, no, I certainly do, and. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're right back in the hunt. So I could just see them uh, going deep into the playoffs this year. And, uh, you know, we got some great teams throwing the Panthers uh, as well. And, you know, you've got some NFC teams that are really, uh, you know, looking strong and should be a fun playoffs as always come January. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, John, they have... Yesterday in the game, there was a 50-yard field goal plus by each each team. So, I mean, there's no shortage of scoring, no matter running or passing or kicking a field goal. Right, exactly. No, it's perfect. 
It was just a great game to watch. The dome felt like the dome again, you know, more than more than it has in a few years. So it was great. Well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our show. I want to thank you. Uh, how lucky are we to have you on the line talking about the two biggest games of the weekend, as you so perfectly put it, biggest college game of the weekend, if not the year, the biggest NFL game of the weekend, if not the year. And you were there at both. So appreciate your perspective. Well, thank you very much, John. It's my pleasure. And thanks again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.